In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to see you and to know that in addition to this goodly number here in the church, there are many of you who are joining us online. It is good to see people in their regular pews. Hi, Nancy. <laughs> it's how you know you're in church. After this service, those of us here will move to 71st Street for our annual homecoming picnic, and some of our younger children and families will also join us outside to receive communion and then enter into the party. It's a great day. So much we're now able to do, albeit in modified form, that was simply not possible last year. But it is also a shadowed day. Shadowed because of all we have been through together in these pandemic days, and because those days continue. Masks and vaccines, in person and online, back to the office and no, not yet. Booster shots and vaccines for younger kids. All of it takes up so much of our thoughts and our planning. Worry about the Delta variant and what comes after that. It's rather like trying to guess the next name for the next hurricane or where the wildfires will next spring up. And let's be honest, there are shadows because of who is not here. Not here because of concern about the pandemic. And some not here or in our lives because they died of COVID or died during the pandemic from some other cause. And we haven't even been able to gather to mourn. But we are here carrying grief and anxiety, but also hope and expectation that we can be here fully ourselves in all our complexity is cause for rejoicing. So welcome. You who are new and you who have been part of this community for many, many years, you are welcome here. Welcome home. You are welcomed, of course, by me and by our lay leadership and by the staff, and that's a fine start. But we are here and can live into all that lies ahead because at the center is Jesus who welcomes us. Whether we are new to faith, wondering what faith might be, questioning everything, or deeply committed to Christ, it is Jesus who bids us welcome. But before we relax into that welcome, we best know what we are being welcomed into and who it is who bids us come and follow him. Fortunately, today's gospel provides some pretty good insight. It's a familiar story if you've been around the church. Jesus and his disciples have been out and about, and Jesus has been working miracles, feeding and healing people, teaching with authority, and casting out demons. It's dazzling stuff. 
When this passage begins, Jesus and the disciples are making their way to Caesarea Philippi. In Jesus' day, it was a bustling city in northern Galilee, a Roman crossroads for travelers from all across the known world. There's not so much as a town there now, but there are ruins, I've seen them, Ruins of all the shrines that were there in Jesus' day, shrines for every kind of worship, where offerings might be made to all sorts of gods, and where you could pick and choose who and how to worship. It's a great setting to ask about who Jesus is and where he might fit amidst the pantheon. He starts by asking his disciples what the buzz is on the street, and the twelve are full of answers. But then it gets personal. Okay, then, Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? They have been following him for over a year. They've seen the wonders, heard him teach. They've watched him pray. But now they are tongue-tied. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they're afraid they're going to give the wrong answer. We all know that feeling. Who knows? Peter knows. Peter knows and speaks right up. You are the Messiah. You are the anointed one of God. It is the right answer. Even though Jesus has not yet used any such words about himself. But he tells them not to share this revelation. But he will let them in on what it means to be the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Well, he tells them it means suffering and death and a cross, even after all the miracles and wonders. Suffering and death for the one who heals the sick, welcomes the outcast, and forgives sinners. Maybe suffering and death come because of all he does to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free. Well, Peter cannot bear to hear this. He rebukes Jesus, telling the one he has just recognized as the Christ that he is wrong. I think it is the very definition of chutzpah. But Jesus then rebukes Peter even more fiercely in return, calling him out as being in league with the devil. But I think Peter deserves a shout out. It was brave to risk saying who he believed Jesus to be, brave and foolish to seek to tell Jesus who Jesus is and must be, braver still to listen to the rebuke that places him in league with Satan, and bravest of all to hear Jesus describe the path ahead for Jesus and for his followers and to keep going. He could have turned tail and run, fishing, fishing, was a good way to make a living and a life, and they were only a day's walk away from the Sea of Galilee. 
But Peter stayed and heard all that Jesus had said, saw it all come true, the suffering, the cross, and later on, Peter's own cross as well. Jesus did not and does not offer an easy road, not then, not now. Jesus knew that seeking to set the world to rights sets you at odds with the world, with the rulers of the age in every age. But he also knew, for he was the Christ, that this path would lead, even though through death, to new and lasting life. And in its wake, such a life can change a world crippled by dis-ease of every kind. Most of us, most of the time, want the Jesus Peter wanted, the miracle worker, or the one who cares for the outcast and welcomes children into his arms. We get that Jesus. We have that Jesus. That, too, is a revelation of who God is. But it must always be wedded to the revelation of God's unwillingness to settle for things as they are. G.K. Chesterton, a British writer and theologian of the late 19th and early 20th century, wrote, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. There is a great deal ahead of us a great deal for us at St. James this year. Church school and adult forums, choirs and Bible studies, faith in action in our parish house, with partners in the Bronx and with children, with parents in prison. And there will also be the daily round of care that we offer to one another in ways small and large. There will be confirmation for adults and youth and a chance to enter into the work of racial reconciliation in your own life and with others. Not to mention occasions to rejoice with each other, to celebrate baptisms and weddings and to mourn together when grief and loss come to us and the world. But all that we undertake, we undertake that we might with Peter Stay with Jesus. Try this Christianity. Walk in Jesus' ways and let him walk with us. We acknowledge the difficulty of the Christian life, but we are determined to try it for our sake and for the sake of the world. So let's follow in Peter's footsteps, staying the course, staying close to Jesus. It may be the bravest thing we shall ever do, the bravest and the best. In the name of our crucified and risen Christ, amen. amen.